Blog Talk Radio. Folks, this is Carl. Uh, we're going to have our show for the next hour and a half on Freedomizer Radio. Let me bring Raven on here. Are you on Hi there, here? Carl. I'm here. Okay, good. All right. Uh, I haven't said anything other than the name of the program. So uh, this is a Bible study, Bible study with Carl and actually Raven on Freedomizer Radio, and uh, we are going to do just what the the title of the uh, program is. We're going to only study from the Bible. Um, going to make every attempt that we can, and we do every week, to give none of our opinions, and not only none of our opinions, but as we give you verses in the Bible, we're both making every attempt to give you what the Bible is saying rather than to put our agendas agendas interspersed in with what the scripture says uh, and play the game that is so often played where you tell a person about it means this when it doesn't even mean that. There are situations where we use two words as synonymous words, and they both and they they don't even have the same Webster dictionary definition. So we're going to do, and we're not being critical here. We're just saying that that does happen. And I got to be honest with you. In Bible studies, there's times when I feel like adding something that is an opinion of mine or uh, a, a, a way I lean, and I have to ask myself, is this really what the Bible's saying? And I'll tell you what both Raven and I do is we leave it up to you for God to give you the spiritual meaning. We're here to bring you what the Bible itself says, and uh, we intend to continue doing the study that way. Now, if you want to call in, I give you a toll-free number, and uh, you can call in on that, and it's free from... Uh, either a cell phone or a landline and uh, in continental United States. And its phone number is 319-527-6208, 319-527-6208. And uh, one more thing I wanted to say, what was it? Uh, oh, you hit the one if you want to join the program and be on and ask a question of us or make a comment or anything else that you want to do. Uh, we, as we always do before this, though, uh, and I prayed before rather earlier this morning, uh, I'm going to have Raven say a prayer that we let the Holy Spirit give us the words that we are using to explain what the Scripture says and by that, I mean just what I said in the beginning. I don't want to intersperse any of our opinions. I want to give you what the Scripture says and then let the Holy Spirit give you what he wants you to know from that particular verse. It can't work any other way. We're not the teacher. The Holy Spirit is. The only thing we're doing is pointing you to Scripture. So go ahead. Absolutely. Father, as we... As we look around us, 
and and see how we're how the world looks and and we see that there's so much happening that we can't explain. I know that some people believe that that the end is right around the corner and, and some believe that that it's not and we have so many different ideas of what's happening. The only thing that we can do is look to you. And there's there's nothing else because you're the only one who really knows. You're the only one that knows. And and so, Father, just as in everything else, just as in everything else, we ask, Lord, that you give us peace, that you give us, as we go through your word, you give us understanding of everything that you want us to know, everything that you want us to see in your word, so that we can have that peace as we go through our lives right now. We expect sometimes that we're supposed to know everything, but, but you yourself tell us in your word that, that there are mysteries that we cannot understand as long as we are here on earth. There may come a day when everything will be clear to us. All we ask right now as we go through your word, Lord, is that you do give us understanding through your Holy Spirit of the things that you do want us to understand today. And so, Father, as, as we go through your word, we just ask that your Holy Spirit give us understanding, be our teacher of each and every word in your word so that we can, can give that understanding out as, as we speak and the people that are listening, that their hearts will be open to the Holy Spirit and his teaching to them. In Christ's name, amen. All right, Raven, just bear with me here a minute. I'm going uh, to do something. All right. And... Uh, I uh, I want to ask you a question I shouldn't be asking. Samantha is okay. no longer our assistant, is it? Uh, is, what is I, I'm not sure. Assist- okay. I, I, uh, I, I'd have to look. I can check. Would you like me to? No, 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 no. That's okay. I just, uh, okay. I forget what the girl's name, who who is our current, uh, helper. Uh, and it's nothing I have to know now. I just wondered if you knew what the current name, the girl in Virginia, I, I, if I knew her name, I'd know the answer to this question, but I don't. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and go. Uh, not something I have to be aware of right now. Okay. Uh, we are going to go to Romans, and remember, we're talking and we're continuing on uh, a very, very, very serious topic, and uh, that was uh, 
in the book of Romans, uh, it was the the cross, the cross of Christ, which Ro- Romans treats the cross of Christ probably better than any other epistle in the Bible. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna speak about the cross of Christ, and we've been talking about it for several weeks now, and it's probably gonna be. It might even be up to a year of the study because I've got gobs and gobs and gobs of verses about the cross of Christ. It is the uh, it is a central point of of all of our life. Uh, yeah. By central point, I mean uh, what you and I do uh, with the cross of Jesus Christ uh, will determine where we spend eternity, whether it's in the lake of fire or it's in the new heaven and new earth. And uh, this is something that we have to be aware of, and we have to treat it diligently, and we have to, it's not a one-time thing. It's not just one time you you go along and you say the sinner's prayer, or you repent, or you cry in front of the group, or whatever it is. It's a continuous, because the enemy wants you to do everything in this world including be extremely religious, he does not want you in any way, shape, or form to um, have the cross of Christ as your 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week thing that your faith is in because he can't beat the shed blood of Christ. He can beat anything else you and I do, anything. Uh, I will tell you, Raven, I'm having one minor problem, and that's why I'm sort of hesitating here a little. Another one, and you, there always is. We knew it. We even talked right. before the program there would be something coming up. Uh, okay. So last week we read in Romans, uh, we've been the last couple of weeks reading Romans chapter 8, verses 1, and we've gotten through verse 4. And I just want to reiterate what what it's saying here. In fact, why don't you read uh, verses 1 and 2, and uh, then 3 and 4, and then we're going to pick up with verse 5 and and continue on um, the whole chapter, to be honest with you. Uh, I I want to mention something because before we go on here, because I, I... you were talking about the cross of Christ, and there's something that I, I for some reason, I, I, I shouldn't even say for some reason, you know, God is in charge of everything. And so I, for some reason, I stop saying that. So I just felt a need to go look up this verse. I never noticed this before, but God just said, go look up this verse. I don't, maybe you noticed this before, but I never did. In Matthew 10, verse 38, you probably know what I'm talking about already. It no, says, no I, I, he, I don't have the Bible memorized. No, I don't. Okay. Right, right, right. Well, but there are some that you know, and, you know, when I say it, you go, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, I know that. But, yeah. Right. And it says, and he who does not take his cross and follow, does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. The one one that I know is uh, Luke 9, 23, where it says, 
if you are my disciple, you will take up your cross daily and follow me and deny yourself. Deny yourself, take it. But no, this is another right. good one. Let me, in fact, right. let me make note of that. Hold on. Next but to Luke 9, 23. Matthew, yeah, Matthew 10, 38. Now, here's the thing about it. When, these, when his disciples heard this, they had no idea what he's talking about. No, he hadn't no, been no, crucified yet. No, he had not yet been crucified. Yeah, they did not have the Holy Spirit. Raven, I realize he, that, but they yeah. hold on. Until he was yeah. crucified, the Holy Spirit could not dwell in us. Right. But but what I'm saying oh. is that verse had no real meaning yet to them. Because he no. had not yet been crucified. And I never True. really understood that. Because, because, you know, I mean, he's saying that to them. And they had to have thought, what? What cross? What do, you, do you know what I mean? This, yep. this is a, it's very interesting how he's saying this. And then when they look back at this later, when they read this later, when they, this had to have been sort of a, you know, like how I tell you sometimes, sort of this V8 moment, you know, this aha moment, because at the time he said it, this was in the middle of some other speaking that he was doing, some preaching he was doing, but then there was no cross, so to speak, that had been that had taken place, you know, there was no crucifixion mm-hmm. that had taken place. But it 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 uh just as you have often said and, and now, you know, and, and anyone who goes back and looks in the old testament can really understand that always before the crucifixion, before his death, burial, and resurrection, we still know that faith looked forward to his death, burial, and resurrection before the crucifixion. And afterwards, we look back to it. Even then, in Matthew ten thirty-eight, he was saying the same thing. Your, your, Salvation depends upon looking forward to that death, burial, and resurrection. That's all that, the Old Testament. That is all the Old Testament was pointing towards was the death, right. burial, and, he was, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and nothing else. Right. In fact, folks, and the was, Old Testament people. He, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just saying, and he was and he was preaching that then. He was saying, "Look, I'm telling you now." I'm still preaching that to you now. It's going to happen in the future. He was that's what he was still saying then. Still preaching that to you now. It's it's the future, but you still have to have faith in that now. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Am no, I making sense? Well, it, well, here, let's let's put it easy. Take the cross 2000 years ago. Everybody yeah. who died in the Old Testament who died before Christ was crucified, 
they had to have their faith in the coming death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Exactly. That's First exactly. Corinthians 2, 2. I determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. The way we yeah. are saved after the cross, after Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, is by having faith in the event that happened at the cross. We're yes. both saved by the same thing. We're both yeah. saved by the same thing, folks. I beg your pardon. People that say you've got to add the law, and you've got to obey the Hebrew law and all this, that, that is wrong. That is not true. You, I didn't say you don't obey the law. But obeying the law does not make you a what? A believer. It does not save right. your soul. It can't. Right. And I think yeah. that this, I think, Raven, go read Romans 4, 3. All right. 4, 2, and 3. 4, 2, and 3. Okay. Yeah. This says it very right. simple. Yeah. Yes. For if Abraham was justified by works, he was something of which to boast, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Abraham absolutely. believed God. And how many years was Abraham before Moses? 430 years. So it's impossible that the law could have saved Abraham or he could have been righteous by the law. Impossible. Because it was 430 years later. Yes. But this makes no difference, Raven. It makes no difference to the people who want to get us back to some form of law, be it the Hebraic law or you must be baptized with water, or any of this that, 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 that I've, I've, I'm telling you, I've taken my best run at showing people, not arguing, but showing them this. And, 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 and if they're going to believe that you've got to go to the law, then that's what they ought to read the book of Galatians, because it, it was written for them. Right. 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 Absolutely. But, but Christ was but, preaching the cross. Right to their faces, and they, they, nobody said, wait, what do you mean? What, what cross? Nobody said a word. They, it, I just find this very interesting. I never noticed that before, that this wasn't after he returned that he said, take up your cross. This was, this was before he was even crucified. Absolutely. It, well, yeah. you, you know yeah. what? Just, just hold on a second. Uh, yeah. I'm going to, I've done a study on YouTube some time ago because mm-hmm. I'm right. up to like 530-something videos. But in the, yeah, la- yeah. Three, uh, in the last, uh, today is, what is this, the, the 10th month, and so that was seven months. In the last three years and seven months, I've done mm-hmm. a series in YouTube, that Christ was preached and the cross was preached in the Old Testament, and I've got yes. I've given many verses, many verses. If you want to go back and search for that thing on YouTube, I've given many mm-hmm. verses that say that Jesus Christ and the cross was preached in the Old Testament. Yeah, and yet in yeah. Bible studies that I have attended at a church you and I used to go to, I sat with three pastors in a room. And someone said that 
the Jews got the the, the we get the gold mine and the Jews got the shaft because they never they never uh, were preached the holy they didn't have the Holy Spirit they were never given the, they were never preached the cross. Yeah. Now yeah. It, was, it is true. It is true that the Holy Spirit could not dwell in us and make us a, a, His temple until Christ died and paid for sin. But to say that yeah. we didn't have the teaching of the Holy Spirit, to say that Christ and the cross was never preached in the Old Testament, is an absolute abominable heresy. I'm going to say right. I got anywhere that, and I'm looking at my notes on that study I did, and I'm going to just guess that I've got 40 to 50, maybe more verses that indicate that. But to yeah. the person who does, who believes that we got to go back and obey the Hebraic law, and there are Christian right. denominations that are moving back into this, you've got to do some oh, yeah. form of the Hebraic law. That, folks, is a heresy, and you are putting yourself in terrible danger of Galatians yeah. chapter 5, verses 2 and 4. Now, let's yeah. just take one aspect of the law that that addresses. The aspect of the law that addresses is circumcision. But for those people who demand that we have to go back and obey the Hebraic law now, and I had a person who used to come to my Sunday night that came here every Thursday for a couple hours, and that was what they would do. They would bring out all this literature about the law that we've got to start observing. Now, you read Galatians 5, 2, and it just takes one of the laws, and that's circumcision. And and read what Paul says about your danger you put yourself in. If you now, being a believer, go back to obeying the law and trust in the law, helping something out that Christ did not accomplish at the cross. It's yes. evil, folks. It's evil. When are we going to wake up to reality and stop listening to people on radio, TV, and YouTube? Yeah, including well, myself. Not just, if I don't give you the, go ahead. Not not just Galatians five two and four, but Galatians uh, one. The whole book. The whole book. F- six through nine. Five, yeah. Two, but Galatians five two and four. And I'm not saying there's not other verses, but that's enough. Those two yeah, yeah. that tells you that, and I see verse 9, but Galatians 5, 2, and 4 actually tell you if you add the law to justification by faith, you are putting yourself in the, in the near occasion of losing, I better not say that or I'll get blasted for that, of walking away from your salvation. Go ahead. Galatians 5, yeah. 2. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Now, you have become a... You real, I, I, would assume, I would assume a Christian, I would make the assumption, and it may be a wild assumption, that a Christian believes that Christ profits us everything if we're born again. Right. I would assume... But if you allow yourself to be circumcised, well, we don't believe in circumcision. No, but we believe in water baptism. We believe that you've got to add some people, that you've got to be baptized in water to complete the salvation experience or whatever phraseology you want to use. Some people put uh, believe that you've got to go back to obeying the Hebraic law. 
In fact, here, yes. go read four, and then I'll show you where it started. All right. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. We could just add works to that. You well, have that, fallen no, no, from no, grace. Hold on, Raven, hold on. That's what w- law is. It's your works. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, we need to obey but, the law, but it's through Christ living in us, not our own ability. Exactly. Two people can you obey the law. You can obey. Hold on. You got. You can. Let me. Let me expound on each thing here because this is critical. Okay. You can obey okay. the law, and I can obey the law, and we can. We can live from now on, and and avoid certain sin by obeying the law. And one of us are going to end up in the lake of fire. One will end up in the new heaven, and new earth. If I right. believe that Christ left anything undone. And my motive right. of obeying the law in my own strength is to add to his unfinished work at the cross, which is yeah. no different, folks, than Mary worship, than saying penance in the Roman Catholic Church. No difference for the, for the yeah. Protestants who, who laugh and hee-haw at the Roman Catholic Church. No difference than purgatory. Well, yes. I have to do something. I obey the law. Now, if I do that, I'm in trouble, potentially, if I don't repent. Raymond yes. obeys the same law through her faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ working in her, not her own strength. She is yes. now going to be rewarded, get eternal rewards for doing what God died on the cross to let her do. So, I don't want to make this thing when we say, you know, you can't add obeying the law. It doesn't mean that we're not to obey the law. I never said that. As a, as, as a, a friend of mine has said, don't, uh, don't uh, hear what I didn't say. But if you add one thing to the cross of Jesus Christ, you are now putting yourself in the danger of Galatians 5.2, which says Christ will profit you nothing. For Christ has become of no effect to you, whoever are justified by obeying the law. You have fallen from grace. Doesn't mean we're not to obey the law. The whole object here, or the whole key to this, is who is the object of your faith? Is it Christ plus what you do? And that's what is so evil about these people. And I'm not saying they're evil, but what they're doing they are now going back to the Hebraic law, thinking that that's going to complete something. If Christ is not 100% necessary and 100% sufficient for you in your own mind, you had better reevaluate yourself, folks. I'm not being critical. I don't even know who you are. I'm just saying what the Bible's saying. Now, I right. come from a very, very, very strict works-based law abiding in your own strength religion and i was 43 years old when i left it for me it is very difficult to make this break totally in my own mind it's almost like hi i'm 80 i'm 80 in fact today i'm 80 and a half years old to the day i haven't played baseball in i don't know since harry truman was president i'm exaggerating there but (laughs) Uh, but still, if someone throws a baseball to me, I still have the same reflexes that 
I had for years playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And when I throw mm-hmm. the ball, I go up above the the right ear the way, and, and I throw it overhand the way I, I was trained as a catcher to do. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a habit. So what I'm making yeah. the analogy is the habit that I still, the first thing I do when I, I do something wrong, what am I going to do to change it? That is turning, that is going to St. Louis, Missouri, and want to go to New York City, and that's heading west to get to New York City. The minute that I think I've got to do anything to add to the finished work of Christ for salvation and or sanctification and or resistant temptation, he's done it all. And if I add anything to that, I am making the cross of Christ of none effect. And that's Galatians yeah. 5, 2, and 4. Now, I want to give you another another thing. Let's see where this started. I want you to go to Acts 15, 1. This is okay. where it started, folks. It started 2,000 years ago. It actually started in uh, Isaiah 12, uh, or Isaiah 12 or 14, uh, mm-hmm. when Satan rebelled against God. That's where, that's where it actually started. But we're going to see in the New Testament where this nonsensical idea of adding anything to the finished work of Jesus Christ actually has started in the New Testament. Go ahead. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, listen, listen to this. This is yeah. religious people from Judea. And yeah. they were believers. Well, it doesn't say they were believers. Yes, it does. Bear with me. And they taught the brethren. They, they taught the believers that unless you're circumcised yeah. after the manner of Moses, now that is depending on something you do. You can obey the law by, depend, by the object of your faith and your strength being what you do or by the object of your faith and your strength is Jesus Christ. That makes a difference, folks. It couldn't make a difference in your eternity in the lake of fire or your eternity in the new heaven and new earth. And Carl, I'm not, I'm not overstepping saying that. She just read Galatians 5, 2, and 4, which says it can happen. Now, I want you to read verse 5. Remember, all they did was say you've got to be baptized or circumcised, Okay. All I say is you've got to be baptized. Go to verse 5, because the enemy, Satan, is never satisfied. He's never satisfied until you and your family are, are, are dead, destroyed, and in the lake of fire for eternity with them. Read verse 5. It started out with just the law of Moses. Oh, no, circumcision. Go ahead. Right. But some of the sect, of the, of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. This was, now here's the key. This was a sect of the Pharisees who believed. They were believers. And they yeah. were saying, so obviously it had to be after their salvation that they came up with this nonsense. Right, Because if, if you believe that you've got to do anything to add to the finished work of Christ on the cross, folks, you are not saved, if you really believe that. 
So after these Pharisees, they were, they were believers. So after they were born again by faith in Christ alone, nothing they did. They went back to this, and they weren't satisfied with circumcision. Now you've got to obey the whole law. Yes. Do you see where it started? Absolutely. 2,000 years ago. Yes. And the law of Moses, folks, is you've got to obey the, all the commandments. And that's, yes. that's, a, that's an absolute contradiction of the New Testament that Christ alone. Either Christ is 100% necessary and 100% sufficient, or he's nothing. And the thing that made him 100% necessary and 100% sufficient is he is God. But he's also a human being. That's right. Well, I can't be. Well, you can argue with God because it says that though he was more fully man, he was fully God. And that's in Philippians. God is not asking you to understand all of this the way he does. He's asking you to believe him. Yes. But look where it started. And that's the danger, folks, of you adding a little thing like water baptism. No. If you're adding water baptism for what it's for, and the only biblical reason it's in the Bible is for what? And that's repentance. Matthew chapter 1, verse 6 and 11, I believe it is. The only, the only reason there was ever any baptism by water by John the Baptist in the book of Matthew chapter 1, the only reason, and this is what amazes me, where we ever added this to anything to do with salvation was repentance from sin. So if you're being yeah. baptized and I advocate baptism, in fact, I think we ought to do it more than once in a lifetime because it is actually stating what Jesus Christ did for you. It's in Matthew chapter 3. I'm sorry. But there has never been anything, folks, that says that we have to be baptized. Nothing, but it was a, a sign of of being baptized with the water that we were repenting from sin. How in the heaven's name, and go to chapter 3 of Matthew, verse 6 and 11, and it's for a sign of your repentance, which is the mandatory starting point for salvation. That's all it ever was. I don't know how it ever got to where it is now necessary for salvation. I don't know. It just shows it evil. Romans 6, 3 through 6 talks about the baptism you must have to be saved. It's a a baptism by faith into his death. Romans 6, 3 says it's a baptism by faith into his death. It never mentions water. How this ever became a necessity for salvation it, it, because the Bible doesn't say anywhere. Now, when in Acts they told them, believers, to be baptized, that was after Christ had already come, and the baptism was can't contradict what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit can't contradict himself. Baptism did not save their soul. It was a sign of what? Repentance. Yes. So, 
that, that when in Acts when it talks about that being baptized and uh, with water and and then saved, it was because they had already and Jesus Christ had already died on the cross. When John the Baptist was preaching, be baptized with water. Jesus Christ hadn't even started his public ministry yet. I don't know where Raven. Maybe you do where this stuff, where this whole thing actually started. In fact, let me read to you Matthew three, uh, verse six and eleven. It says, uh, "And they were baptized of him in the Jordan, con- Jordan, confessing their sins." Of him was John the yeah. Baptist. In verse eleven, yeah. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So this had nothing. Right. Being baptized with the Holy Ghost is Romans 6, 3 through 6. You're baptized by faith into his death. There is nothing to do with water. I still think water is a fabulous way of acknowledging you've confessed your sins, but it's not your, it's not, the, <laughs> it has nothing to do with saving your soul. Because if you're yeah. going to put baptism in, you're now putting, you're given the same, you're taking away from Christ some of his sufficiency. He is yeah. not 100% sufficient. Right. Right. But here's the danger the danger of going back to anything and not that you go, the danger is not obeying the law. In fact, once you're born again, you now are to obey the law, but through the power of Christ working in you, not your own religious ability, which we're told, which the churches don't make enough. In fact, I see very few people ever discuss it. It is actually evil to do it on our own. It is wrong for me to avoid sin in my own ability. Raven and I are tempted by the same sin. I obey it by my own religious strength as a Christian. I obey it because I wouldn't associate with doing that. I'm better than those people are. I have the discipline. I have the willpower. I have this. I have that. Religion, religion, religion. And I go for the rest of my life and never get into the sin. Raven obeys the same law for the rest of her life, but she has no faith in anything she does other than the fact that Jesus Christ is her Savior and her her strength to obey that same law that Carl obeys, her strength and the object of her faith is not anything she does like her own willpower, her own commitment, or her own... uh, Religiosity, if that's a word, which it isn't, it is strictly the power of Christ working in her because she believes. She is going to go, if we both die in that state, she is going to go to the new heaven and new earth after the millennial reign. And if I don't repent of my good works, my good religious works, because I put my faith in my works, rather than Christ alone, I am in danger of losing my soul. 
not not losing. That's a, I don't like that word. I'm in danger of walking away from faith in Christ, and that is that is as Raven just did a thing sent me. You probably got thirty verses that say we can lose, we can walk away from our salvation, from our saving faith. But that's another issue. The issue I want to get to right now, folks, don't add anything to the necessity or the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And I have had people in my house spending, and it was interesting. They were going through stuff in the Old Testament I've never explored. And it was interesting, but they actually wanted The point is we got to get back as Christians to obey in the Hebraic law. And without it, you're in danger. If your idea is you've got to obey the Hebraic law to make up for what Christ didn't do at the cross, we're no different than the Roman Catholic Church who go to confession and say penance and then go to purgatory after death because Christ did not do it all. Do we see the same symbol? Not similarity, it's exactly the same thing. And I'm not criticizing Roman Catholicism. Before I came out to where I live now in 1966, I was entered in the seminary of the Roman Catholic Church, and, and I was to start in September. In June, I went up on the way to an auto race out in the East Coast. I went up to the seminary on a Saturday afternoon on the way to Reading, Pennsylvania, in June, and told them that I decided not to go to seminary. So that next, so I, I as late as my after I graduated from college, I was still committed to Roman Catholicism. So I'm not criticizing the people. I am saying, folks, that if you believe that you got to do anything to the add to the hundred percent sufficiency and necessity of Jesus Christ, death on the cross, the cross of Christ, you are putting yourself in mortal danger. And that's Galatians 5, 2, and 4. Now, I've, I, after listening to all that, is there anything that you feel that I we need to add to it or anything you'd like to add? You know, there's one thing that you said that I find very interesting, and I love how you said it. You said you're not criticizing the people. No. And, right. And, and, you know, that's what. I was going to be a priest, Raven. Right. I literally, I graduated from college. I already had my four-year college degree in physics. And I was going to go and now study and take approximately two years or three years of seminary training to become an ordained Roman Catholic priest. So, no, I'm not criticizing the people. Go ahead. Right. Well, you know, I heard someone say one time, see if I can say this exactly right, that people are, see if I can get this, that most people are, who are religious, okay? So who? Are people who are religious, people who are religious, are very, um, what was the word? are very dedicated, they're very sincere, that's it, very sincere, very much believe in what they believe in, you know, they are, um, 
they they really believe that what they're doing is is true and they believe in I'm going to put it this way. They believe in the God that they believe in because we're not, I'm not talking now just about Roman Catholics. I'm talking about anybody who is, who has a belief in any religion, any, anything, anything other than uh, 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 accepting Christ as Savior. Okay. So we could be talking about Muslims, Buddhists, anyone. Okay. Well, here. They're very, very. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Go back yeah. to the holy wars of Roman Catholicism, the Inquisition, right. and, the, and right. the Crusades. Bear with me. Bear with me. Right. We can't yep. say they, they weren't committed. We can't say they didn't exactly. have a zeal. Let's right. go to flying an look. Hold on. We'll slow yeah. down just a minute, please. I want okay. to cover this yep. point about zeal. They have yeah. more zeal than I do. I would not fly yeah. a darn airplane into a building. I would not right. go into yes. a mall yes. strapped with, with uh, hold on, I would not go yeah. into a mall with explosives strapped around my chest and blow the mall up and blow my body to smithereens because of my religious beliefs. So say those people right. don't have zeal is, a, is an idiotic statement. Yes. They strongly, yeah. strongly believe that what they're doing is right. I mean, look at what's going on over in Gaza, right? You know, and yeah. and even oh. here in the U.S., Carl, we have people in New York and in in Chicago and many many cities. They obviously believe that what they are doing is right, or they wouldn't be doing it, or they wouldn't usually, be doing it. Usually, the one who is has false beliefs is more zealous than the Christian, usually. Yes. Yes. You're, Go you're to right. Romans 10 2. Read Romans 10 right. 2. It says very well what you're trying to say or what you are saying. Okay. Does Romans it, 10 2. Unequivocally, it states it. Oh, yes. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Well, mm-hmm. let's even look at but let's look in the next verse then because it's it's gonna, it says what I'm about to say. Go ahead. For they for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not Amen. submitted to the righteousness of God. Which is faith in Christ alone. Yes. And this in this the, the, Yes. Those two verses cover what, I, I, what I'm about to say here, and that is the problem yep. is that they depend upon themselves doing everything, and that's why they have more outward zeal, outward zeal, sure. because they depend so much on showing Look at me, not look at God, but look at me and what I am doing. You're right. And, and that is the problem. Obviously, look, I, I mean, we can look at so many. We've seen the, what were they called, Moonies, maybe? 
I don't know if they still exist, but they used to be. I think those are the ones that used to be in the airports all the time, you know, and, you know, like with the long uh, robes and stuff. And I'm not picking on them particularly, but I'm just saying that they were outward. It was all this outward thing, you know. And yep. and yep. and Christians have, for the law, for most of the time, been much born again Christians have have been for the most part much more quiet and and I don't want to use the word timid because that's but it's a it's an inward love for God that you will sometimes you will sometimes see it outwardly manifested. But it is the Holy Spirit working in us. It is not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be this huge, hey, look at me. We're supposed to be pointing to God. It's not supposed to point to us. No, let me. me, Yeah, you do. Let me, following up on what you're saying, let me ask a rhetorical question. All right. It is fact. It is fact that religion, the mm-hmm. Crusades, the Inquisitions, you are instantly murdered if you did not submit authority to the, the authority of the Pope, submit to it. Islam. Right. Yeah. You go to heaven immediately. You, when you die, if you kill a Christian or Jew, you go to heaven and have a certain promise made to you. Right. Um, Let's take any of it, not just Catholicism or Islam. What gives these people that extraordinary zeal when they're preaching another Christ, another God? It's the enemy. It's Satan. That's That's the same thing. That's just a precursor of what he's going to do to the Antichrist. He empowers these people. He empowers the zeal to fly buildings into airplanes. He empowers yeah. the people uh, hundreds of years ago to to have the holy wars of the Catholic Church and the the the, the holy wars to execute anybody who was preaching or writing translations of the Bible or anything like that. This is a demonic influence, and this is going to arise, folks. To the point that Jesus Christ says in Matthew, you better be aware, even as a believer, because the deception is going to be so bad. And Matthew 24 states it, that he says, will I find any faith when I return? And he's not talking about faith in an NFL stadium today. He's talking about faith where? In the church. Yes. And he even says around verse 20, the end of like 27 or 30 or whatever, he says, I will I find any faith when I return. And he says, if the days were not cut short, if the days were not cut short, even the elect could be deceived. This is going to be yeah. demonic deception by Satan himself that is going to far yeah. exceed anything you and I have ever seen, thought, or heard of. Verse 24. Right back. Verse 24. Go ahead. Go ahead what you're saying. I'll hold on. I I was just going to say it takes us right back every single time to Ephesians 6.12. It's not the 
person. It's not the body they inhabit. It's not, it's not them specifically, but it is Satan. It's spiritual warfare. We are not, we have to always remember, we're not fighting that person. We're fighting Satan working through them. Amen. If we can remember that, if we can remember that, and see the person, if we can see the person for, for, for who they are without Satan working through them and realize that we were that person at one time and that if, if we can just preach the gospel to them instead of hating, we have to get past that. We have to realize that just because they are Islam, because they are Catholic, because they are, uh, uh, what's the one, uh, Latter-day Saints, because they are this, that, or whatever, okay? If you are one of those, I'm just saying, just keep listening to Carl, because I'm telling you, you must be born again. You must believe now, let me, Christ let me, is. Let me, let me throw something in here, and then I'm going to backtrack because you're saying a lot of things, but I want to put verses to it. Good, good, good. There are, yes. people, there are people in Roman Catholicism and Islam today who are born again. There has always been a remnant. Yes, yes, okay? there is a remnant. But what Raven is saying here, I want, first of all, let's take the first thing you said is the, the problem. Read Ephesians six twelve. Yes, yes. For we do not wrestle. Yes, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And that's what I just said. We're not fighting the person. We're not fighting the person. But against principality. That is a good, that is a, wait, that is is the exact meaning of that. It's not a person, even though the person could kill you. Yes. Yes. But against Good principalities, point. against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. We're talking about Satan no, here. Against no, the stop demons. Right there. Yeah. Stop right there. Just think of those words you used. Read it one more time, and then I'm going to have you read Colossians 2.15. Against power, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Read Colossians 2.15. There's only one solution for this problem. And it's not for me to kill somebody. Here's yeah. the only solution for the real problem. Ephesians 6.12, we're in a war. Whether you want to believe yeah. it or not, whether you want to take all this seeker-sensitive preaching and teaching and, and uh, prosperity gospel, whatever, we are in a war. So yeah. we, Raven just stated the cause of every problem. Yeah. It is the powers of darkness, the forces of evil in the heavenly kingdoms, the same as Job brought. And God yeah. Yeah. communicated within the book of Job, given you can do this, but you can't do that. That is our real problem. The individual yeah. person is only being used as a cheap ukulele. 
Okay, now, yep. what is the solution to this problem? It's not to fight them back. Read verse 15 of uh, Colossians 2. Having disarmed this- principalities and power. Who, who did that? Christ. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. We have that. We have that. We have that. Well, wait. Hold on. What? Stop just a second. Principalities and powers. That's the same terminology yeah. that we had in what? In Ephesians six twelve. There That's is right. only one solution, folks, and it ain't religion. Pardon my grammar. There is only one solution, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. Well, Raven didn't say it's the cross of Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, Raven. Let's go back to Colossians 2. Yep. And I want you to start with verse 8. And we're going to show you that it's all about what Christ did on the cross is the only solution to your real problem was Ephesians 6.12. And if yes. anybody is denying it, you're denying the sufficiency and necessity of Jesus Christ. Yes. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For Christ, in him... Okay. Yes. Yep. Go ahead. For in, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That, just, just as an aside there, for anybody who tells you that Christ is not God and God isn't Christ and there's no three right there, verse 9. Verse 9. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. I need to add that to my. <laughs> and well, see, you this are is, this complete. Is, that is the necessity. That is the sufficiency of Christ. You don't need anything else. You don't need the Hebraic law. Are you to obey the Ten Commandments? Yes, but not in your strength. It's the strength of Christ yes. living in you. But if you add anything, including a biblical thing, if you think that reading the Scripture longer than Raven studying the, or praying longer than Carl and doing these things yep. is going to add anything to Christ's finished work. You are walking on thin ice spiritually. Yes. Go ahead with 11. Keep going. Yep. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hand. There's Galatians 5, 2, and 4. Amen. By putting off. Yep. Without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So the only one that can put off the sins is what? Christ. Christ. His circumcision, which is not real circumcision at all. It is circumcision of the flesh. Now we're talking about the cross here. We're going yes. to go, we're reading up to 15, which says, and he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it, that this is what he did at the cross. Now, verse 12 is going to start telling you that. 
buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And he was dead because he died on the cross. He died on the cross. You've got to see the cross in this. Not the wooden beam, which the Roman Catholic Church believed if you had a little sliver of it, it was a relic. No, the cross was the event. What he did to defeat these powers of darkness and forces of evil in the heavenly kingdoms. Go ahead. Yeah. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made a lot. But not a circumcision done by human hands in religion. It's a circumcision of the flesh by Christ at the cross. Go ahead. Right. Not circumcised in your flesh. It says uncircumcision. So not yep. circumcised of your flesh, but the circumcision of your heart. That's right. That's will. the only yes. thing that can change you. Yes. Now, this was done he at has... the cross. Do, we see, do you see the cross in this, folks? Please. Uh, yes, yes. He has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. That happened at having... the cross. Yes. Having wiped now, out stop the this. Now, hold on just a minute. Hold on. Okay. We're yep. now going yep. to talk what Christ also did to the law. What did he do to the law? Because it wasn't necessary to obey the law anymore. There wasn't, excuse right. me, it wasn't necessary to obey the law for salvation. What did he do to, to the law where people were saying you had to do this for salvation? What did he do to it? Yep. First words in 14. Go ahead. Having wiped out or erased the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. In other words, we couldn't do it. No, we We're incapable of it. So we're trying to do what Christ has already said, no, you can't do. Yes. And what did he do to them? What did he do with all these handwritten ordinances that were against us? And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it, to the cross. Why are we going why are we going back, folks, in Christian churches and trying to yeah. get people to obey the Hebraic law? You have to obey the Ten Commandments. God's Ten Commandments never change. If it did change, then let's get out of every hymnal that Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. He never changes. But you are no longer You cannot do it on your own. You have to realize you've got to obey the law that it's the power of Jesus Christ living in you. Even as a believer, it's not my own own useless, worthless religiosity, my commitment, my willpower, my dedication. That has nothing to do with anything. He nailed the the handwritten ordinances that were against us. Not one handwritten ordinance tells us, folks, anything about salvation. What does a handwritten ordinance, every every commandment say? It's condemning. He nailed it to the cross. Now, let's show again where 15, where he defeated Ephesians 6, 12, is referring everything back to the cross. We just read it all. Think of that a minute. 
think of that. Think yeah, of God. Christ taking What's the law and, 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 and hold on. Hold on, more yeah. than a minute. I've got to. I've got to make an effort to think of this daily. Yeah, but but, but just think of him taking taking the law. I, I just have yes. this picture of it of him taking the law, this Good. like a like a tablet or, or or whatever, taking it and putting in the in uh, up to the cross a, a, after he's down from there, taking that in his place, taking a great big hammer and. Bam! Just slamming that into the cross and saying, "No more! I took that place. I well, did that. I took." Hold on, that. That, that doesn't make you shout. Not, I don't know what does. Uh, that hmm. does not just your image of it. That's what the Bible says. He did right. Yeah, it's dead. Yes. It's dead with him yes. on the cross when he died on yes. the cross. When he died on the cross. The law, which yes. was again, the law never was written for us to obey in our own yes. strength. The law was written yes. to show us we can't do it. And according to Galatians 3.24, to point us to Jesus Christ. The law was never yes. meant to say yes. this is again. This was a fallacy in the Old Testament. And we got Christians who today want us to go back to obeying the Hebraic law in addition to Christ. They yes. don't realize what they're doing. Now, yeah. can you connect verse 15 to the cross mm-hmm. and Ephesians 6.12? Oh, absolutely. So so when but you it, take it's that... It's all about the cross. Yes, because yep. when he nailed that to the cross, that he disarmed... Principal, it's it's like taking that and putting that big spike right through Satan. He said, "Look, boom! You're, you, you look what I did to you. If anyone comes up here and grabs hold of my cross and says, yes, I accept that. I accept that you've done that for me. Then, then I have disarmed principalities and powers for you." But See, if we have to go grab thing, that. Hold on. But if you add yep. one thing to it that you've got to do that he's left undone, you're no yep. different than the Roman Catholics who, who say you've got to go to confession to a priest, you've got to do penance, and you have to go to purgatory after you die if you have not received the plenary indulgence. That's what true. way do you want to do, folks? It's not an argument. I'm not arguing with anybody. I was captivated yeah. by this mentality for 43 years to the point that I was going to give up my whole life to become a priest. And there's a lot of sacrifices in that. Believe me, there are. Yeah. The only thing, you know, there was two, there, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I just was going to say, I, I understand you not wanting to say it's just Catholic or Muslim or whatever, because I was a Baptist. For several years. I was a Baptist for several years, and I believed, according to the church, I'm not not condemning any particular Baptist. I'm not saying this one. I'm just saying in the church that I was in, very legalistic, and believed that we had certain rules we had to follow in addition to Christ. No, No swimming, no this, no that, no playing cards, no... There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't play cards or go to a movie. But that, those are the rules 
that we had to follow. And, and I'm saying stop following, and I know you're saying stop following church tradition. Now, if God says, if you truly ah, believe no, that the Holy stop, Spirit. Stop, 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 right. I, Okay. Now, what you're saying now, if the Holy Spirit tells you to not play cards or do not wear this dress or do not go right. swimming publicly in that outfit, now you are right. under an obligation. But it's not man's tradition. You use two good words. Christ said in Mark 7, you have an easy way of setting aside the commandments of God to follow the traditions of men, of your yes. religion. Nope, that yes. was excellent. Good point. You're going good. Keep going. Yeah. If you yep. have any. Because, and that is the problem right there. You know, that's the problem, is that I was following what pastors and pastors' wives and, and, and certain uh other people in the church, and they would con- they would condemn me. They would condemn me, but the Holy yep. Spirit did not condemn me. See, I had to say, wait. A- and I will tell you, folks, it it really took a long time for. <laughs> wait, let me change that. It took my repentance and true salvation for because I thought I was saved. Hear this, folks. I really thought I was saved because I had said a prayer, repeated a prayer, which you can find on, in, in all kinds of tracks, in the back of books, on websites, on all kinds of places. You can hear it from people. People will say it to you. All you have to do is say this prayer. Hogwash. Hogwash. You know who gives you the most perfect prayer to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to pray. If, 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 the Holy, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of your need for Christ, don't you think that he can tell you what to pray? Do you really think you need a person to tell you? You don't need a person to tell you. Well, here's, here's the, the missing Holy part Spirit in the equation. Hold on. The missing part yeah. in the equation, folks, and I see it in churches all the time. Yeah. Say the sinner's prayer. Make a decision for Jesus. Ask Jesus into your heart. Surrender to Jesus. Those are not fallacious. The problem is we don't do what the Bible says that is 100% necessary before you do the second things, and that is to repent. Remember, John the Baptist did not say anything about you're going to surrender to Jesus, ask him into your heart, or that he was going to even die on the cross. He said, Mm -hmm. repent. And this is where there's a problem, Raven. The ones who are saying partial truth, you must surrender. You must ask him into your heart. You must must, uh, say the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is fantastic. But are you convinced you are a sinner? 
Right. Has anybody read Romans 5 or Ephesians 2 to you? Where our condition we're born in. We're born in a yeah. state of going to hell. We are born yeah. in enmity with God. Enmity in the dictionary means deep hatred. That is our condition. If pastors yeah. are not preaching that we are born into sin and that we must take the cure for this and the only cure is repent, then once you've repented, then the sinner's prayer is, is a, a miraculous prayer. But don't yeah. just tell people they've got to do an, act, an outward action. The right. action must change in the heart because sin yeah. is a heart problem. And the only answer yeah. for the heart problem is repentance. And if you have not repented, you will not, folks, you will not be saved. Now, I'd like you to well, read the, Luke one seventy seven. The problem is that people are ex- accepting Christ because, I'm getting there, people are accepting Christ for the wrong reasons. Because people are saying, do you want to go to hell? Well, if you don't want to go to hell, do this. Well, who wants to go to hell? The problem is... That's not... We hold are, on. That's not repel. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Pain, who has spent, has been 6,000 years in the burning side of Hades, waiting to go to the lake of fire. He, rep- he was repenting only because he was going to get... Christ was going to punish him. He never repented right. of his sin. That's right. He was sorry for the punishment he was going to suffer. There's a big, that's yeah. not repentance. That's right. We're not supposed to repent for, because of ourselves. We're supposed to repent because of God. Okay, but I want you, I want you to Does read. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm right there. Definitely to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Okay. Now go to uh, Mark one fifteen. Faith in Christ. Faith in Christ is how you receive salvation. But what must come first? And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Do that? Repent and believe, not one or the other. Believing the gospel means nothing, folks, if you don't understand that you truly are a sinner. If we are not preaching and teaching that we are born into Romans chapter 5 and and Ephesians 2, that we are born hating God, which is what enmity is. If we're not convincing, convicting people, and we don't convict them, it's the words of the Holy Spirit, we are giving them only half of the, of the truth of salvation. All right, let's yeah. go to another one. Uh, okay. Go to Acts twenty twenty one. All right. How come these people that want to preach baptism, they want to preach... Ask Christ into your heart, surrender to Jesus, say the sinner's prayer. They leave out this one word that is pandemic in the Bible where it talks about salvation. And it's the word repent, repent. Yes, yes. 2021. 
testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. There you go. Without repentance, there's no faith in Christ. Without no faith yeah. in Christ, there's no forget. There's no salvation. With no salvation, there's no. You're going to hell. Why are we not preaching repent before all these other things? Yes. Doctor David Jeremiah. Yes. Who I've never heard him criticize anything, but the horrendous winter between Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Toledo, Ohio. Three weeks ago, on radio, on Christian Satellite Network, CSN, he made this exact statement. He said, I read everything that Christian authors write about church growth. And he says, there is one glaring weakness. None of them, and this is David Jeremiah, not me, they are not calling people to repent. Mm-hmm. Because they're all about numbers. Jeremiah. Because people can say, oh, Carl, you've got an agenda. You want to make people feel bad. So you, No, I'm giving you Bible verses. Carl didn't write Mark 115 or Luke 177 or Acts 2021. 20, Carl did right. not do that. In Acts, repent. He said to the Philippian jailer, who said, what do we need to do? And he said, repent. We, folks, all these things that I am not making fun of, but I'm saying to just tell people to do an act, outward act is leading these people into hell thinking they're saved. I'm not yes. saying that that's your intention, but you're just being right. trained as a, 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 you know, a parrot or a parakeet, and you're not reading the scripture. Read the scripture. Now, let me tell you something. And, Raven, I've said it to you before, but years ago, I was a firm believer in everything I w- I'm arguing against now. I never even thought right. of repentance for myself. That's why I say it's not the person. Stop, stop. We need to stop being upset with the person. We need to be upset with Satan and what he's doing to that person. Ah, thank you. I've forgotten the last thing I wanted. The, the other point you you made, and I don't want to enter. Let's finish this. You made a comment that every problem is not the person, and that it is what Satan is doing to the person that was included in Ephesians six twelve. Go to Second Timothy. Thank you. You just keyed me to what I'd forgotten. Oh. You're welcome. See, audience, Raven, Raven is not as bad as she's not as bad as you think. Not good, but not as bad as you think. Go ahead, Second Timothy. We're going right. to read in Second Timothy. I want you to read twenty. Let's see what our problem is. Read twenty-six. In everything we do, everything you talk to your family about, your children about, your grandchildren about. This is your motive. It is to break this curse that they've got on them. Here's what Satan is doing with Ephesians six twelve. What I'm sorry, what verse is that? Second Timothy two. Twenty six. 
Timothy 2.20. Yeah. This is how Satan is working on us. Yes. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Now, about 15, 20 minutes ago, you said, don't hold it against a person because we do the same thing. This is what Raven I've seen very sharply in myself. Statement that I really wanted to get to this verse for is it's not the person's fault. I don't care what they do to us. And if we say they're wrong and criticize them as people and we're better than them, Satan is using the same snare against us. We've all fallen. That's why Christ said, why do you criticize others when you do the same thing? Well, I don't commit adultery or do this or do that. No, but you allow Satan to captivate you and to torment you and to control you. You see, the real problem is 26. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is where... And without getting personal, you've got close family members that you are not debating or arguing with because there's only one answer to verse 26, and that's verse 25, which I will acknowledge you do very well with your close family members that that are being tormented by Satan. You're not arguing with them. You're not ramming scripture down their throat and showing how you're better than they are You are doing what? Read 25. There's only one solution to this. Read 24 and 25. There's only one solution to 26. And a servant of the Lord. Hold on. Do you agree that you're dealing with three of your relatives, at least, that you're dealing with verse 26? (laughs) (laughs) Louis, you know, Carl, I got to tell you something. I was just thinking of that. Right. Okay, go ahead. But right gotta, before, we move, but we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna I was just thinking of them again. right before you said that. I was just thinking of them right before you said that, and I don't know that I am, but the Holy Spirit really. <laughs> Every time I think to myself, "Boy, I'd really like to just say something back," the Holy Spirit says, "But you're not going to." <laughs> Let's put it that well, way. Well, here, here. You do agree yeah. that this is the problem in 26? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. But you and, would and all it's, three and it's, of But you... it isn't me. Well, hold, Raven, hold on a minute. I, I've only got a couple of minutes, and we're going to get cut off like we did last week. Yeah. Yeah. So you agree that 26 is happening to your relatives? Yes, it is. Yes. There's only one thing you can do to help them. Read 24 and 25, and then we're done. Yeah. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. This you is very see hard. the key there? God will grant yeah. them what? Not that Raven is right. Grant them repentance. That's the only yeah. thing you can do is lead them to the truth. And the truth is who? John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ. You can't do anything to argue no. with these people and justify you yourself. Is only feeding the enemy more ammunition. And you are very, the reason I want to read this is because you are the best example that I know of today 
of someone who is getting beat up by by 2.26 in 2 Timothy 2, and you are approaching it the perfect biblical way, and it will pay results. Even though you may die never having been acknowledged of the yeah. result, it will, hard, God though. will show you an eternity. I, I just, I guess why I say that is it's not easy. It's not. It's not. It's not like I just kind oh. of go, okay, I, yeah, it's very hard. Raven, it's let me hard. add something else to you. This is not only not easy, it's not hard. It's impossible. That's why yeah. Christ had to go yeah. to the cross. Right. That's but why I say it's reason. not me. It's the Holy Spirit in me because I couldn't do it. it, Hold on, Raven. Hold on. I'm running out of time. And incidentally, I got cut off at 429 last week. Uh, My point here, my point here, folks, is Raven is the best example, and I'm not saying this for any other reason, but she does not debate when when they insult her and slur her to her face. She does not debate. She sticks and just sticks with the scripture. And I'm telling you, folks, that's the why. Because we're not fighting that person. We're fighting the Ephesians six twelve, which is the ones, yeah. the demons, who are, who are manipulating these people that are giving us a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to create any more problems than what I've already got with uh, we're doing the radio program technically. So... Let's say a yeah, prayer quickly yeah. and we'll be done. All right. Okay. Father, thank you so much for all the words and the verses that you've given us today. We are we are so grateful for our salvation, for your mercy, for your grace, Amen. for your love, and and how you do give us the ability through your Holy Spirit to speak back to those who attack us in love, in return, and in grace, and to have mercy in return to them because of the grace and mercy you give us. It's only the Holy Spirit in us who enables us to do it. We love you so much, and we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you very much for your help, and folks, thank you for listening. Be back next week. Continue with Romans 8.5. Take care. Thank you, Carl. Bye-bye.